Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Lifelong Episode 58. I am your host, Heidi Kumjan, and thank you for being here. Today, I have a solo episode in store for you, and it is on a topic that, quite honestly, I have done a few episodes on before. And the reason I want to, I guess, repeat this topic is because PFAS have been in the news a lot recently, and I have had numerous people reaching out to me asking me questions about PFAS because the mainstream news is now really talking about PFAS. So I decided to do a solo episode today where I'm going to go over what PFAS are, kind of reintroduce them, talk about the potential harms to the body and actually even the scientifically studied concerns with PFAS. And then I'm also going to talk about some of these different news stories going on. And I am also going to share a variety of solutions and PFAS-free products and kind of where I, I hypothesize this is all going to go in the next few years. So Thank you so much for being here. And with that, let's jump right into it. Okay, so what are PFAS? PFAS, P-F-A-S, that's really an abbreviation for perfluorinated alkyls or polyfluorinated alkyls, which are a class of chemicals, also known as forever chemicals, that are found in a wide variety of consumer and industrialized goods even in food and water, which can be large sources of this toxicant. They're known to be called forever chemicals because of their half-life. They stick around in the environment and in the body for a long period of time, some of them even up to decades. So whereas a lot of other chemicals can be very toxic, for example, like a Tylenol or BPA that can get into your system, but the body is able to get rid of it. The reason they are so detrimental and the reason that I think they're generating, thankfully, a lot of buzz right now is that they don't really go away. They're very difficult to detoxify from in your body. And also they're very, very hard to get rid of in the environment. So the positive thing here, I guess, is that it's really waking up environmental activists, which in the past, I think I've gotten a little frustrated sometimes with environmentalists not thinking about the human health perspective and thinking about the environment perspective. For example, saying, oh, take shorter showers, use less water, but not thinking about what's in the water. You know, like a lot of times as a non-toxic living expert and aficionado and someone who really, really prioritizes human health, it can be frustrating when that aspect of human health is kind of left out of the equation. So I love when both kind of sides, not that it's a divided thing, but both groups can kind of come together and say, okay, whoa, this stuff, these PFAS are really, really terrible for the environment because it takes so long to get rid of them. And also they're really bad for the human body. So what can we do about it? And 
There is a lot going on right now. It's going to be a multi-decade-long process because, again, even when these chemicals begin to get phased out with retailers like Dix and REI now phasing PFAS out of their products, finally, after people protesting for years, they still are lingering in the environment because they are forever chemicals. So there will be a delay. So more about PFAS. They, just kind of going into the science behind PFAS, they are very strong in their chemical bond. So it makes them very stable, hence their name Forever Chemicals. So they're virtually indestructible. And this article I was reading, they said, in nature, it takes high temperatures to break down the carbon-fluorine bonds in PFAS. And that's a problem because the body doesn't break them down either. They go on to say substances like caffeine, Tylenol, BPA leave the body in the matter of hours. Lead has a higher half-life. It leaves the blood in a couple months. And for PFAS, it can take years up to decades. So if that isn't sounding the alarm, I don't know what will. They also, kind of similar to other endocrine disrupting chemicals, they kind of play tricks on the body. So they can impersonate fatty acids And scientists at Dartmouth and other prestigious universities believe that PFOA, one of these types of PFAS chemicals, has the potential to alter how our bodies store and use fat. So that isn't news to me with knowing about obesogens, but I just wanted to share that because it's absolutely wild to think that There can be toxins that come into the body. They trick the body and the body thinks, oh, this is a fatty acid. Oh, this is a hormone. But it's not the actual necessary natural product in the body. You know, it's not the natural hormone. It's not the natural fatty acid in the body. It's a, a fake one, which then throws everything off in your body. And a lot of these toxins end up getting stored in fat because a lot of them are lipophilic, meaning they they try to find fat, they go to the brain, they go to the gut, they go everywhere in the body, but especially to those very fatty parts of the body. Studies also suggest that these can disrupt the hormones involved with be- breastfeeding and also the chemicals are excreted from the body through breastfeeding, which is very concerning for breastfeeding mothers. In one sense of the means, it's good to know that that is one way that this toxin can get out of the body in small amounts, but it's a complete paradox because it ends up then harming the baby. So, I am not here to fearmonger. I'm here to share the information. I, at the end of the day, feel really hopeful and really positive about all of this information that is now coming to the light, to the forefront about PFAS chemicals. People of all types, I have literally had people messaging me that probably have never thought about non-toxic living, but they saw a CNN article about this and now they're asking me questions. And I, you know, I love that. I love when people of all types from all backgrounds begin to get interested in this because no one is 
is exempt from this. This is really happening to the human race and kind of we're in this together. So we have to stick together. We have to continue. People like myself have to continue educating people about these chemicals, hence me doing yet another episode about PFAS, because this is one of the most dangerous classes of chemicals due to how long they can stay in the body and in the environment. I will be going into solutions, so stick around towards the end of the episode. Don't fast forward, though, because there's a lot of good, juicy information, educational information to go over in the meantime. Speaking of good news, in the U.S., manufacturers stopped producing PFOS and PFOA, which are two types of PFAS chemicals, in 2002 and 2015, respectively. Since then, the overall concentration of these chemicals in blood sampling has declined according to national data. However, they remain in some consumer and industrial products inside people's bodies and the environment, just like I said, because they are hard to get rid of. However, so fantastic that there are some regulations about two types of PFAS. The bad news, however, is that they have been replaced with other new PFAS chemicals. Something else to note is that some of the most contaminated sites are actually military and defense sites. I don't know if you're familiar, but a lot of chemical waste is dumped onto military bases and people in the military are unfortunately exposed to chemicals like this at a higher rate than everyone else. And there are numerous studies about the exposure and different types of cancer being linked to these people at certain bases. And anyways, maybe I'll do an episode on that. I have a friend in the military who's really passionate about non-toxic living because of her experience and knowledge of what goes on kind of at these military sites with chemical waste. So I don't know what the solution is, but I'm here to just kind of spread awareness and motivate everyone and encourage you all to really make kind of smarter decisions that will in turn positively affect your health and the environment. So what are the biggest sources of PFAS chemicals? The biggest sources of PFAS chemicals are nonstick pans. Please ditch your nonstick pans right now. Actually, in studies where people are using nonstick pans in a two-bedroom apartment with pet birds, the birds die. So if that says anything about what these fumes can do to little birdies, think about microdosing these fumes over a lifetime. Okay, so biggest sources of PFAS, nonstick pans, rain gear, other waterproofing materials, waterproof finishes on furniture, food packaging, even the food packaging that's eco-friendly and in that brown paper, that coating that is kind of smooth and waterproofing, that is PFAS chemicals and they are being phased out. I believe Sweet Green and Chipotle will begin phasing these out soon. Chick-fil-A has already phased these out and some other sources of PFAS are also carpeting, home furnishings, personal care products. So definitely reference my free guides on my website. I also have tons of videos and Instagram content over at 
at Holistic with Heidi on Instagram, also at lifelong underscore pod, and also just lots of other episodes with lots of resources for better for you brands because you deserve to have a healthy body and you deserve to live the rest of your life with optimal wellness. Some concerns with PFAS, I mentioned a few before, like how they can be obesogenic, endocrine disrupting, things like that. PFAS also are linked with liver damage, thyroid disease, increased cholesterol, cancer, autoimmune disease, and decreased fertility. All of this is documented in scientific literature. This is something that has been studied for decades now. It's just taking a little bit of time to come to the forefront. So definitely head over to PubMed, do your own research, but it's absolutely wild that something like PFAS chemicals could increase a person's cholesterol. I actually read that study a couple months ago and found it very fascinating. In one of these articles that I was reading, it said, it's pretty remarkable, in my opinion, that PFAS chemicals can affect so many parts of the body in adverse ways, said Patrick Bryce, the former director of the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry at the CDC, during a presentation to a Massachusetts task force on PFAS. He says, not many chemicals have such a breadth of effect. Wow. Not many chemicals have such a breadth of effect. So what is even going on in the news with PFAS? PFAS are finally being talked about in the mainstream, and I'm really happy about this. Obviously, it's a bummer that this is, is even like going on and something that we're dealing with, but this is the reality we live in. It's okay. Everything is going to be all right, and It's so wonderful that there are news outlets covering this now because more people will now begin to wake up. I think the kind of big moment was a report published this spring through the University of California, San Francisco, about DuPont and 3M actually lying about the health concerns with PFAS. So within this huge analysis, which they were able to access all these documents from the producers of a really, really informative, a really informative documentary called The Devil We Know. They got these documents and have 40 to 50 years, I believe, of industry communication documenting people from DuPont and 3M literally saying, yes, these chemicals cause cancer. These are toxic. We need to cover our ass. We need to, you know, get out of this. We have to do everything to distract the public from this. And how many years later this is finally coming to light? I'm going to link that study in the show notes and also that database where you can read actually through these internal communications because I spent an afternoon reading through these just absolutely blown away. I felt like a sleuth, like a detective reading these. But within these documents, the secret industry documents exposed 
a variety of different things. So the paper documents a timeline of what the industry knew versus the public knowledge, and it analyzes strategies the chemical industry used to suppress information or protect their harmful products. So some examples include cases of enlarged organs. As large as 1961, according to a company report, Teflon's chief of toxicology discovered that Teflon materials have the ability to increase the size of liver in rats at low doses. He advised that the chemicals, quote, be handled with extreme care and that contact with the skin should be strictly avoided, end quote. It also found that animals were dying after ingestion. According to a 1970 internal memo, DuPont-funded Haskell Laboratory found C8, which is one of the thousands of PFAS chemicals, to be, quote, highly toxic when inhaled and moderately toxic when ingested, end quote. In, and in 1979, private report for DuPont Haskell Labs found that dogs who were exposed to a single dose of PFOA, quote, died two days after ingestion, end quote. Also, something very, very devastating that you'll actually see firsthand in the Devil We Know documentary are the birth defects in employees' children. In 1980, DuPont and 3M learned that two of the eight pregnant employees who had worked in C8 manufacturing gave birth to children with birth defects. The company did not publish the discovery or tell employees about it. In the following year, an internal memo stated, quote, we know no evidence of birth defects caused by C8 at DuPont, end quote. Despite these and many more examples, the company DuPont reassured its employees in 1980 that C8, quote, has a lower toxicity like table salt. They referred to reports of PFAS groundwater contamination near one of DuPont's manufacturing plants in a 1991 press release claimed that, quote, C8 has no known toxic or ill effects in humans at concentration levels detected, end quote. Absolutely wild. So that huge report came out this spring and it was so all-encompassing. Like I said, you can access these documents. The news cycle did get a hold of this, thankfully, and the word has been spread. And since then, I've seen a lot of different articles popping up about PFAS. So there's also 18 attorney generals who recently took action to stop PFAS from contaminating drinking water and to hold polluters accountable. So a lot of these lawmakers now are trying to change the levels of allowable PFAS in water. It's like, why do we even allow chemicals in water to begin with? Like, can't we just purify the water and not just get rid of like, you know, some bacteria, but can we get rid of these toxicants too that are literally linked with cancer, obesity, autoimmune disease, the list goes on. Like, it's wild. This is our government's responsibility, I believe, to keep the public healthy, and they've been doing a crap job. I'm going to link a few of these articles that I just spoke of in the show notes for you all to take a peek at. 
And moving right along, I do now want to talk about solutions because my big thing is if I'm going to talk about problems ever, I have to talk about solutions because it's too fear-mongering to sit here and talk about chemicals and scare people. Like, that's never my intention. My intention is to educate and motivate. And part of the motivation comes from offering solutions that are attainable. So some solutions, just kind of a rapid-fire list, some solutions to limit your exposure to PFAS are to choose textiles and carpeting without water and stain repellency. Also, avoid food contact with grease-proof packaging. Avoid personal care products with perfluor, polyfluor, and PTFE on the label. Purchase cast iron, glass, or ceramic cookware even stainless steel. Be wary of waterproof products. Note that PFOA-free products often use similar chemicals instead and support companies that are committed to phasing out highly fluorinated chemicals. I'll share some of those companies now. Some PFAS-free products, pans. Specific brands that I like for PFAS-free pans are Extrema. I love Extrema pans. They are solid ceramic pans. They are non-toxic. They are beautiful and they work so well. You just have to make sure that you heat it up properly before you put a cooking fat in and then your food. So once you get into your rhythm of learning how to use the pan, which it only takes a couple days to really learn, there's not a big learning curve there. These pans are so amazing. I even have a few listed on my registry because I want to deck out my whole kitchen in Extrema pans. 360 Cookware is another great brand. They are pure stainless steel. And then also Allclad, their stainless steel collections have been really a good option. For rain gear, a lot of people reach out to me asking for PFAS-free rain gear. I have compiled a list of brands. I'm going to create an Instagram post about this as well, but these brands that I'm listing All of their products are committed to being PFAS-free. These brands of PFAS-free rain gear include Deuter, Houdini, Jack Wolfskin, Vaude, Paramo, and Diedrichsons. For skincare, this is a trickier one. I do have a guide on my website, holisticwithheidi.com, and you have to just go click over to guides, and I have a skincare guide on there. It's a free guide. Lots and lots of product recommendations that are all Holistic with Heidi approved, free of all toxic chemicals. So I would definitely recommend starting there with skincare because skincare is kind of a beast, especially to be reading through all those ingredients on your own. If you're new to this, that can be super overwhelming. So I kind of took the stress out of it. I did the research for you. I've tried all of the products myself to make sure that they work too and that they're you know, solid products, not just non-toxic products. So definitely check out that guide on my website, holisticwithheidi.com under guides. And you can also go over to Credo. Credo Beauty is a store. They have an online store. They have some locations in person. They have two in Chicago. I'm really blessed to have those near me. And they have a master list of the chemicals that they have banned from entering their stores and PFAS are banned from all Credo stores. C-R-E-D-O. I can link that in the show notes as well so that you can 
start looking for some PFAS-free products because you don't want to be exposed to these in your skincare. Your skin is your largest organ, so what you put on your skin goes, you know, into your body. For food storage, because food storage can be a big source of PFAS chemicals, number one, I really would advise for cooking at home as much as possible. If you are going out to eat, I would just try to limit that as much as possible, and I would Personally, I prefer a plastic or aluminum foil container over those paper containers with the thick coating of PFAS on them. I know all three options are kind of terrible, but convenience is sometimes necessary. And also, I don't believe that being rigid is a good thing. So don't stress out if you're getting exposed to it while you're out to eat. It's more of like Am I ordering food multiple times a week, maybe multiple times a day? Am I getting a coffee out every day with the lid in the cup with the the waterproof lining? You know, you can bring, you can even bring your own glass or ceramic mug now to coffee shops so or stainless steel. Thinking about that. And then when you're storing food at home, definitely use glass, stainless steel. You can also use silicone products. I really like stasher bags. Porter is another good company as well. I think it's actually W&P. And when it comes to furniture, furniture is going to be a big source of PFAS as well. I have a few blog posts and Instagram posts and even, I believe, a podcast episode about furniture, non-toxic furniture. So I can link to those resources as well for you. But I did recently read that IKEA and Naturopedic, all of their products are PFAS free. So those are some good starting points for you. For carpeting, I don't have an exhaustive list right now, but I did read that Shaw, which is a big carpet company, all of their products are PFAS free. So definitely check out Shaw, maybe if you're remodeling your home. And yeah, so I really hope that you found these product recommendations and lifestyle recommendations helpful. So just a little summary again of some resources for you to check out. That will be the Devil We Know documentary, my previous episodes on PFAS, especially the one with Leah Sedgety. She has an amazing website called mamavation.com where she has tons of guides on there about PFAS-free products. She works actually with a team of researchers to test different products. For example, she's done reports on yoga pants, on peanut butter containers, on ketchup, on sports bras. The list goes on of a wide variety of products that have PFAS in them. And she's a consumer health activist. So I loved that episode with her. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll also include the link to her website, mamavation.com. And then I do strongly recommend you look at these industry documents published from the University of California, San Francisco, which I'll link in the show notes. Plus all of the links to the products I shared and everything else, the news articles that will all be in the show notes. I hope that this episode provided a little bit more knowledge for you on the subject of PFAS with PFAS taking the center stage right now in the news cycle. So thank you so much for being here and I look forward to having you back next week. Thank you. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcasts? Have you left a rating and review? 
Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all and we'll see you next week.